1: Welcome to Back Home with Hawksby and Jacobs, our World Cup podcast. Mm. Well, as you probably gathered, we were back in the Talk Sports studios. Today, we will be uh, tomorrow, Thursday as well, mm. and back to podcast only on Friday, the first day of uh, the quarterfinals. But uh, today, we chatted to Ben Littleton, who's the author of 12 Yards, the definitive work on penalty kicks in yeah, football.
2: Yeah, he had interesting stuff to talk about. Actually, yeah, some
1: it? very interesting stats. We looked at the, why the uh, penalty shootouts and just gen- penalty taking has not been going too well so far. We're also joined by Luke Kempner, who uh, is an impressionist. Comedian, big Arsenal fan. He'd been working on some impressions. Yes, yeah,
2: some World Cup impressions. Very good. Yeah. Very good stuff. Very good.
1: So you'll hear from Luke. Uh, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? Oh, we got yes. through the stories. Yeah, we did. Covered we... some ground, as always. Talked about so, Chesney Hawks. <laughs> of course, we you can't not talk about Chesney Hawks in this World Cup, <laughs> in this FIFA World Cup. So uh, here
3: it all is. Hawksby and Jacobs daily World Cup podcast from Talk Sport. Talk Sport.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And Gianni Infantino, with his usual massive lack of self-awareness, has said the group stage was the best one ever. Brilliant. That's why it's a good time to change it and ruin it all. Well done, mate.
1: (laughs) Well, I think they're actually thinking about moving it back to what this is at the moment. I mean you should. Yeah. I mean the group stage has been long because we've had a just about manageable amount of teams, which is going to be different next time. Yeah, I I said good afternoon, Andy, and I've been doing a podcast we've been recording with Andy, of course, (laughs) at nine o'clock every night. (laughs) So (laughs) to every guest I've said (laughs) I've said good afternoon. (laughs) It's brilliant. So at least I'm getting that right now. So, Andy, what about the games last night? Well, I mean, yeah. we we kind of a bit of a correspondence during Spain Morocco. Not the most exciting of games. I mean, great if you're a Moroccan fan, but uh, not the most exciting of matches. Thanks I've to the s- Spanish. Uh, I, they.
2: I agree, but I've never seen a more differing take on a game because mm. I mean, even Danny Kelly and Danny Baker are two big mates. They diametrically opposed views. Danny Kelly said. This is a game for the ages. Danny Baker, like us, thought it was an absolute dog. You know, so it's really incredible. <laughs> it's a really amazing one. Reporter said, best game of the tournament. I just couldn't really? see it. At one all. for
1: the purists, I, uh, I would say. And at
2: one point, was it John Hartson said, uh, that's been outstanding defense, uh, defensively, Morocco. I was thinking, yeah, that's what I want from a knockout game of football. <laughs> outstanding defensively. I Did mean, they? They s- were, but you know.
1: The one thing I took away from it was in the commentary was that uh, Lorente has a dog named Anfield. Really? That's the, that's the thing, know, that's, that, really? uh, if he's issuing a come and get me plea <laughs> yeah, to Liverpool, I, I don't really know.
2: That's interesting. Ziyech actually jumped for a header. I've never seen him do that in a blue shirt. Yeah. It's tremendous.
1: I was just surprised that all the uh that the actual Spain penalty takers took a shot and didn't try and square it to someone else.
2: <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> that isn't was it? that was the biggest shock of all. It was. And in the other game, it was great to see the acting skills of that legendary thespian Pepe. He's mm. brilliant, isn't he? He has many disciples yeah. like Richarlison. Uh, basically, scream, roll, play dead. That's yes. how it goes. <laughs> yeah, there was
1: some fantastic screaming, wasn't there in the in the brilliant. game last night? The. Um, Have you also noticed that the Moroccan fans? I mean, they didn't need a lot of encouragement because they made an awful lot of noise, but there was a leader who was facing them, the kind of James Last
2: of (laughs) Dave Arch, I like to think.
1: Dave Arch for the the modern band leader from uh, Strictly, but was effectively just looking at the crowd all the time and orchestrating what they did to the point where he would look over his shoulder they showed it and when Spain had the ball he'd put four fingers in his mouth as if doing a kind of whistle so to say this is the point guys where we all have to whistle then when we get the ball back we'll (laughs) start this particular chant (laughs) and
2: it was really really choreographed it's it's, it's absolutely brilliant
1: what a noise they made
2: in the uh, the, um, Switzerland game Switzerland were poor and Mm. Portugal were wonderful I mean to me there's the performance of the tournament but um, Harris Seferovic who came on I've always wanted to invite him to Cheltenham so I can ask him, Are you wearing tweed, Harris? Yeah. <laughs> or go on a forestry course with him and saying, Have you got a chopper, Harris? <laughs> oh, blimey, okay. Him, Is your jacket a bomber, Harris? <laughs> I told you I was bored with the game. But well, if you're called Harris
1: and you've got any more derivations for Andy, then feel free talksport.com, Definitely text eighteen eighty nine Tweet TSH&J, things happened mm. while we were away. Uh, apparently, at the Chis- Chisora Fury fight the other night, mm. they were selling half-and-half half scarves. Oh, God. <laughs> who'd buy a Chisora Fury half-and-half half scarf, really? I
2: mean, I don't really see well, the point go, of that. 60,000 people did, so there you
1: go. I also noticed, Andy, that um, at the weekend, because football's mm. been continuing, of course, um, beyond the championship We've even had a couple of Championship games. MK Dons Burton was played. Oh, yeah. And uh, Josh McEachran, your former... Midfielder, England and uh, Chelsea midfielder was playing for MK Dons and I thought about six or seven years ago when people were putting together their England squads for 2022,
2: he probably would have been in there, wouldn't he? probably would have been, yeah, no, absolutely. Fickle finger
1: of footballing fate that
2: is, isn't it? I don't know if you saw, the Dutch royal family are more split over the forthcoming match against Argentina than ours is with Meghan and Harry, Mm. because the Queen was born in Argentina Yes. Yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. But she says she's going to be right behind the Dutch. We are going to be in the Dutch camp a little bit later on. Louis van Haerle has just been going to war with the Dutch press throughout is not he he's, he even some, noticed he's he said, mad ideas. he said to him a few times well look if you're bored by the way we're playing just go home um, he said
2: he spotted a flaw in the way that Argentina play and i.e. that Messi doesn't actually do a lot apart from when he's got the ball yeah and uh, you don't say I mean I worked it out I could mark Messi for 85% of the game but that's not really the point
3: <laughs> that's true
1: <laughs> so we'll be having a look about <clears throat> do you want the niche um, sorry the niche observation one for the teenagers all in one yes please this is, yeah, I don't expect everybody to get this, but I thought um, the, the goalkeeper, uh, Bono, yeah. for uh, Morocco oh, yeah. yesterday, looked like uh, the folk music legend Jake Thackeray. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I was hoping at one point he'd get injured, so he'd have to go over the touchline so he could come on again, on again, on again, on again, <laughs> on again, on again, on
3: again, on.
2: There we are.
1: For the ten of you that got it,
3: for the ten well, of you got that it. got it, Thank
2: you very much. I always think of Sister Josephine for some reason. Okay, I tell you what, I reckon the shrinking injury time Mm. at uh, the World Cup is down to commercial TV companies saying, "Look, can you stop having eleven minutes injury time? Because we know where to put our breaks, and we've scheduled them, and it's a disaster." Because yesterday was only four minutes, and that included four goals in the second half subs. Injuries. Where did they only get four minutes from? So yes, it's obviously they scaled that back. That didn't
3: no, last.
1: they have definitely um, stepped back from all of that, haven't they?
3: Hawksby and Jacobs daily World Cup podcast from Talk Sports. Talk Sport.
1: We've all been watching this World Cup through our domestic prism, our own club, making sure all our boys come back uh, fit and well. Mm. Um, for my lot have I've seen uh, Rodrigo Bentoncourt. Get an abductor injury that means he's probably going to be out for a month.
3: Oh, really? Uh, he was
1: going to miss mm. Boxing Day anyway because he's had five bookings, but ah. he'll miss a couple of games. But really, uh, not half as bad as the Arsenal fans have had it with uh, Gabriel Jesus three months out. Pictures of him. Yeah, um, it's a big blow for them. Cause yeah. he's been an option, a huge blow for him. Not just mm. for the World Cup, but uh, that is that was incredibly bad luck from his point mm. of view. A dagger to the heart, almost certainly, of our next guest, comedian, impressionist, and big Arsenal fan, Luke Kempner. Hi, Luke. Oh,
4: hello boys. How are we? Yes, Merry, Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. It, yes, it does seem that's the one that's the one big standout oh, injury at the moment, isn't it, from a kind of Premier League point so of view. Oh infuriating.
4: Also, he wasn't even starting. He just played you know, and he played that mm. the game against Cameroon when they didn't even need to win and he goes and get it's like the worst thing that could have happened. It is so infuriating. And now you're sort of looking at Eddie Eddie and Ketty or Eddie Kruger. Let's hope he can, you know, <laughs> fill, fill in fill in the fill in the blanks there but you know maybe that means they're going to force the hand one thing I would say is I think it's good it happened now and not a week into the restart of the season that is the only positive way I can look at it (laughs) But I'm gutted I'm gutted for him as well as you say like you know Brazil could go and win this World Cup and like He's not gonna be there and I just and, and obviously Arsenal gonna win the league. And you know, he might not be part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've i feel for the
1: lad. I feel you know, I feel for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're they, right. They've to. got a chance to, you know, do something in the transfer window, which I think they probably will. The what do you think they
1: will for a short term? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think
2: they were thinking of it anyway. so... Well, a striker. Were they looking mm. at another striker? I mean, there's. I'd
4: like that lovely Ramos from last night. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I just, his buyout clause in? just went up quite a bit, I think. Well, <laughs> yes, I, I, 200 million. Lovely. Come I, on. I did see a
1: tweet. Who sent it out? Simon Peach from the bank from PA. Simon said uh, Southampton tried to sign Gakpo and Gonzalo Ramos in the summer. I think they're not in the running anymore. <laughs> no, that would be can, right. Imagine if yeah. they'd managed to get them at that time. Look, it was only Is one. Exa- yeah. Sorry. But
4: it's exciting though, isn't it? You know, that's what I love about the World Cup. You know, like, you know, I go back to sort of like, you know, 19, uh, uh, 2002 and, you know, El Hadjouf scored and it was something like, oh, we've got to get this lad. He looks great.
3: Yeah. You know, and
4: it's like, and I, I thought we, we wouldn't get that anymore with the World Cup because you sort of know about every player from whether it's FIFA or whether you've just seen a, a YouTube show reel of them. But you do, it's like Ramos last night, I was watching it going, well, we've got to get this guy in. I mean, this, he's the only player that we can possibly get. He's the only one that can fill in the gap. And I, I do love that about a World Cup and I don't think you get that with the Euros so it's oh, I'm loving it I've been loving
2: it Yeah you always get that you're right League, where you want to, a player you think well I've got to buy him and then he turns out and people will think that about Ziyech they'll buy him on the, on the, on the yeah. back of these performances well, so they're, like, they're, like, they're trying you know, to
1: get rid of him yeah. They're yeah. like a holiday romance though aren't they it's that thing of <laughs> yeah. when you buy players just from a tournament especially from a World Cup it is that Classic thing of uh, that all sort of, you get back home and you, then it doesn't feel quite the same, really. But I'm very
4: much like, I'm very much like that. I'm that sort of fan. You know, Like I, I remember like Arsenal playing the Champions League and we'd be, you know, those uh, Halsham days. Um, but like, you know, we'd suddenly be playing Lou De Gretz and they'd have one good centre-back. And I'd be like, well, he's he played well against, oh, maybe we should get him in. Yeah. Maybe we should get, I'm that kind of guy. Like <laughs> if I'm playing, I'll buy him on FIFA if that, if that,
5: if if I that is one good game. That's the kind of fan I am.
1: So, um, Arsene Wenger's been in the news nowadays. He's yes, working for FIFA. So hap-
5: I'm very, very happy when uh, he comes back in the news. I must say. But uh, no, go on. You had a question for me, yes?
1: Yeah, so you can. So, Arsene, yeah, You seemed you, you kind of you were able to dust him down, then, Luke. When, uh, when, when, he's back in the nation's consciousness, It's fantastic.
5: <laughs> yes. Uh, well, of course, you know, I very much like there to be a World Cup every couple of months. I must say. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I presume you'd like a prediction for the game on Saturday and uh, look, do I think England can win? Uh, Yes. Do I think France can win? Uh, Yes. Will I give you a prediction? No.
4: (laughs) But yeah. now he made some interesting comments, didn't he? So yeah. that, yes,
5: I, I think uh, some of the teams that weren't concentrating on the political statements managed to win, <laughs> which I, I, I don't know. Listen, I did not see the context, so I don't know if that is exactly what he says, but he's a very intelligent man. So look, I must say, I presume he had uh, some sort of philosophical thing he meant and uh, whatever he said, I agree with, because I love Arsene Wenger. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny
2: about, you know, in the old days, he thought that you know, there was too much football and everything, but now he's right behind the old forty. 18.
1: Yeah, um, World Cup every, every two years. Yeah,
4: yeah. He's on he the FIFA dollar tune. now. He's on, he's on the
1: FIFA line. Has, anybody, but, else, has um, anybody else popped up in this World Cup, Luke? Uh, well, you you you've got to be
4: looking at the legs of Roy Keane. You know, you always find it every sort disrespectful. You know, I've been trying to watch this, trying to get involved. You know, but, uh, you know, oh my goodness, it's like watching Strictly. You know, I, I found myself like not even getting excited about Christmas. You know, everyone's saying happy Christmas. I wouldn't be saying happy Christmas if you have a nice day on the day, you know, a little bit of turkey. A couple of presents, fine, but on the you had to say happy Christmas. Well, you know, if you've had a happy Christmas, my goodness,
1: <laughs> it does sound like Andy a lot of the time. I find they said, um, there was, I think Mark Pugac was saying, Aren't the Senegalese drummers great, Roy? He said, They are great, but they're annoying, they're very
2: annoying. <laughs> so you are sitting in front of them, they are annoying,
4: yeah. <laughs> so it reminds me, you know, when you used, to, you used to get Mark Lawrence and then you go, Oh, god, another oh I'm so bored you know you just always sound like oh, oh that's a girl yeah I think I don't know you know like, where, like and I was like Roy, Roy if you're not enjoying it come home there's other people that like to the be there we get like Mika Richards he's just loving it it's great
3: <laughs>
4: you know and I feel like even, even Gary Neville you know he's trying not to enjoy it so much I think the reason Gary Neville's not enjoying it so much is because he doesn't get to say Manchester United as much as he usually likes to say because <laughs> he's the only person that can say Manchester United in one syllable that's what I love about him Manchester United. Like <laughs> most people at like Manchester United, not going up. It says it what, Manchester United. It's amazing.
3: <laughs> I love it. Hawksview and Jacob's Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. Talksport.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. luxury quality within reach go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com slash style
3: Hawksby and Jacobs daily World Cup podcast from TalkSport TalkSport
1: we're going to talk uh, penalty shootouts now and um, we've seen a couple neither of them have been that good uh, certainly not even as good as that. No, certainly true of Spain last night. Uh, so we'll, let, let's look at why. Some of the reasons why we the author of the definitive work on uh, penalties, 12 yards, the art and psychology of the perfect penalty kick. Ben Littleton joins us once again. Hi, Ben. Hello, Paul. Yeah, I mean, last night was an absolute shocker, wasn't it, from a, from a Spain point of view? A few talking points came out of it, but, um, I mean, what have you made overall of, of the spot kicks in this World Cup so far?
6: I think it's been really interesting. As you know, the baseline figure for scored penalties is around 78%. So that's around four out of five penalties are scored in general in normal matches. This World Cup, in the group stage, that figure has gone down to 64%. So already you're seeing the pressure of playing in a World Cup, even elite players, Lewandowski, Lionel Messi, Alfonso Davis. Sally Maldasari, stars of their team, they are missing spot kicks when the pressure is on. Now, when it comes to penalty shootouts, the figure gets even lower. I know it's a small sample. We've only seen 15 penalties. But the conversion rate in these last two shootouts has been 47%. Which is so which is so low. It means there's more chance that the goalkeeper is gonna save the penalty than than there is of the penalty going in. It's incredible. And this is what the pressure of a World Cup can do to a player. It is enormous. If the players are not prepared physically and, crucially, mentally for this, this is what happens. That pressure is ratcheted
1: up, I think, when you're brought on to take a penalty. Oh, um, yeah, I just wonder what that. your take is on that. There's been a lot of talk about Callum Wilson maybe having the sort of record that would see him brought on late, and we know what happened with Marcus Rashford in the Euros. Last night, it was uh, Pablo Sarabia, and uh, Luis Enrique says he now feels guilty. Didn't give him any time to get into the game prepared, and he'd come on cold and take a pen. I mean, are you a fan of that? What do the stats say about players just coming on to take pens?
6: Yeah, I I I am actually a fan of it. And if you look at Sarabia, his penalty record before last night is taken 16 penalties, scored 16. He had a 100% record from the spot. So there's no reason that Luis Enrique should not have brought him on. You know, in the cold light of day that feels like a good decision. And the same for Carlos Soler, who came on, scored uh, 17 penalties out of 19. So it's an 89% conversion rate these guys are coming on and they're good at penalties now the one thing is as you say they might be too cold they're not used to the ball the pitch the turf or all this stuff and i think in that case maybe give them more than two or three minutes maybe they need at least 15 but in my experience of speaking to players who are on the bench and are good at penalties. They want to come on. They want to make a difference. They feel they can. And I guess maybe they need a bit of warming up. Because the pressure is a little bit greater on them. But I think there's no reason not to consider. Bringing on substitutes. Especially to take a penalty.
2: Do you do what we do at home? Uh, I certainly do this. In basically try and. As the bloke's going out go No nah, he's going to miss. Well based he's on the score. body language. Just based on the way they look. They, they look really fearful. If they look confident. You know. I think you can often tell. You know I'm not you know I'm not always right 100% but often am right.
6: I'm sure you are Andy. I'm I'm exactly the same and I think that's one of the reasons why we love penalties so much. It is human drama played out in front of us. It's football at its most elemental state. Just a ball a goal a, a shooter and a goalkeeper. So it's really like the raw elements of football and there's this human drama because every player who is good enough to play at this stage of a World Cup my God, really should be scoring a free shot from 12 yards, right? This is the elite of the game we are now watching. But they are finding it so difficult. There's so much pressure on them. It's so many barriers to their mental blocks that um, are in their way, which makes it so compelling to watch. And the things I look out for when I'm looking at a player is, are they looking at the referee? That means they're nervous. Or are they looking at the ball? That means they're in control. And, of course, their reaction time. Because traditionally... England players had the quickest reaction time to the referee blowing the whistle of all nations. And one of the things that Gareth Southgate has done is worked on this. I mean, I think Gareth Southgate's greatest gift to uh, the nation as a coach, regardless of whether he ever wins a trophy or not, is to get rid of this penalty hoodoo. Because I believe that even though we lost the Euros last summer, England should no longer fear penalties in the way that they used to. Because now Southgate has said, this is something that is in your control You can prepare for it and penalties are a trainable skill that can be improved. And from that respect, England have as as good a chance as any in a shootout. In fact, I think there is no team better prepared at this World Cup for a shootout than England. So I would not be worried if England got to a shootout at any point in this tournament. I should also add that after France lost in the Euros on penalties last year, Didier Deschamps said that penalties are a lottery and Hugo Lloris said, you can't train for penalties. Now, these are things that I was hearing England coaches say 10, 20 years ago. So it's music to the ears of an English fan to hear them say that.
2: Oh, are you blast it or place it? Because for me, when they take that two-step run-up, you always say, oh, don't do that. Just give, give, put your foot through it. It's much harder to save, I think.
6: Well, you're right in some respects, but you're wrong in others. So there's been 16 penalties in open play in this World Cup. And eight have been goalkeeper dependent, which is what Neymar does, what Lewandowski does, where they wait for the goalkeeper to make the first move. Seven of those eight have gone in. So it is a much harder skill to do, but seven of eight have gone in. Now, from the other method, smash it, eight have been taken, four have gone in. So actually, in the World Cup, we've seen in open play, this is not in shootouts, Um It's more more successful to wait for the keeper to move. Now, when it comes to shootouts, it's a totally different story because you're relying on players who are not regular penalty takers, right? And if they're not used to this moment of pressure, they've just got to put their foot through it. As you say, go goalkeeper independent, pick their spot and don't deviate from that. Um, And that's, I think, something that Sergio Busquets did wrong in their shootout, Spain's shootout against Morocco, he was waiting for the goalkeeper to take the, to make the move. But he's only ever taken one penalty before in his whole career. And that was at the Euros last summer. And he missed that one as well. Wow. If you are a non-regular taker, do not wait for the goalkeeper to make the first move. Don't muck around with that. Put your foot through it of Ma- Mar- Mar- Neymar Mar- Mar- or
2: Lewandowski, you can do that. I, mm. yeah, I was going to say, of course, Morata put himself forward to take one, Mr. Yeah. Captain P Hart. It's <laughs> tremendous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now, just on England, they've been working with
1: these um, skills uh, nets and with, where basically it covers the goal apart mm. from the corners. The other thing I had Aaron Ramsdale saying, they've been, take, they've been taking pens without keepers because obviously all the keepers in the England set-up are part of that process. They know how uh, their own players take penalties. I'm wondering whether they kind of bring in neutral goalkeepers. Maybe they bring in academy goalkeepers from different clubs, those that don't know the techniques and don't know which way the players are going to shoot because it was it was proving a bit of a problem when they were just taking them at the England keepers.
6: Yeah, it is interesting, this. And I like the idea of taking um, penalties with no goalkeepers in, so you can just work on picking your spot. Other teams do it the opposite way, where they get the goalkeeper who knows uh, the player, and the player then says where they're going aim, to aim to shoot the ball. And the challenge is for the goalkeeper to save it, even with that knowledge. Because if you, as a striker, know that you can score a penalty, even when the goalie knows where you're going then that is, uh, you know, a great advantage going into the shootout. And often we see some shootouts where in international football, the goalkeeper and the shooter are club teammates. So, for example, Hugo Lloris and Harry Kane, Mm. there is a slight advantage for the goalkeeper because he would have trained with Kane, well, for the last 12 years or however long uh, Hugo's been there, 10 years. So he'll know his, his patterns and his preferences. However... If Kane kicks it to his natural side in the right spot, even if Lloris goes the right way, he should still not be able to save that. So it'll be really interesting to see those individual matchups within the shootout.
3: Hawksby and Jacobs' daily World Cup podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport.
6: Well, Hawksby. Andy
1: Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Andy, anything you've noticed from the World Cup so far? Well,
2: I was intrigued by, I knew this would start with the sun and the French, I thought it would be Harry Mayne in Paris, but it wasn't. They basically went to a Paris uh, waxworks, presumably Madame Tussauds, I don't know, Yeah, and uh, draped an England hat Is scarf. Is there a French flag- version of Madame no, Tussauds? Absolutely. It's for an English person who runs <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, The uh, scarf, hat and flag on Killian Mbappé to the delight, apparently, of expats living in the French capital who had no idea about it whatsoever. Uh, England supporters living in Paris cheered. I bet they didn't. Uh, We landed the first blow in in France's own backyard uh, ahead of Saturday. No, you didn't. Uh, Yesterday, um, oh, this was the best one. They said there was more bad news for France yesterday as the 23-year-old Mbappe missed training with a suspected ankle injury, sparking fears he could miss the last eight clash. He won't. No, he's back
1: training today. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's the good news. of course, <laughs> for everybody. But <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine you at home at sort of seven o'clock in the morning when you're looking at those and you're reading again. Remember, he didn't. It hasn't. It's exactly what I wasn't. Yeah, sitting there because sitting there talking to yourself. It's
2: absolute nonsense, isn't it? All of it. But they always do it. Well,
1: the other theme, of course, has been the importance of Chesney Hawks to England's run. He sang at half time. We've been bringing you this in the podcast but kept you up to date with uh, Chesney's mercy dash uh, from Butlins in Skegness back to Qatar to make it for a kick off the other night against Senegal thankfully he did which is obviously why England won Gareth Southgate deserves no uh, credit for that at all um, and in, <laughs> they have gone completely route one in yes. the sun now uh, lucky mascot Chesney Hawks aims to give World Cup rivals France the hump
2: by belting out the one and only on a camel <laughs> yeah and then had to say, which is unusual for a tableau, they had to say one and only again. They said, and the one and only singer went further. Yes. They say that again. But I like the best one, quoting this story, was camel owner Ali Hussein 32. Yes. Chesney's a great guy, he says. He can come and ride my camel again anytime he wants. Did he really say that? <laughs> yeah, he did.
1: Camel yeah. owner. <laughs> Ali Hussein,
2: thirty-two. Did he?
1: Did he really say that? I'm not going to give a sure. He did. It's
2: incredible. Yes. But there you go. Um, so I did poo-poo that. Right. I've Andy, got I've got. I'll tell a yeah.
1: story. You may have uh, noticed. Uh, this was uh, cows could be given. It's not World Cup related. Cows could be given self-charging Fitbit-like gadgets. Uh, have you heard about this? No. To help farmers keep track of their movements, uh, Chinese researchers create a device that straps to the cow's ankle or neck and uses their constant movement to uh, recharge the battery. But my slight worry was, uh, you've got a cow wearing a Fitbit, and it stands up, and the other cow says what are standing up for? He says, well, Fitbit just told me to stand up. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, and he says, well, how are people going to know whether it's going to rain or not? If you're, Well, that's not my problem. Not my problem, that's I'm just standing true. up, I've got a Fitbit. That's <laughs> if cows could talk, yes. of
2: course, yeah. And of course, um, the usual letters have been written to the tabloids and yeah. there's a chap in Birmingham called Sid Vaughan, sometimes he's S.T. Vaughan, and he's consistent. I'll yeah. say that about him. Consistently Consistently what? Terrible. Okay. And do we need the World Cup TV pundits, he says. All these ex-footballers on a jolly. Why the £2,500 plus a night hotel when they could watch from a TV studio? Gary Lineker and his pals are laughing at us. (sighs) I don't they really, think they I don't are, think Sid. They are really. I don't
1: think they all sit in the bar <laughs> yeah. and have a little five minute laugh at old Sid Vaughan.
2: Now, <laughs> we shouldn't
1: said. forget the cricket. The cricket returns on Friday. Oh, yeah. And we, we we did have a chat with Alex Tudor on mm. the podcast, a man who loves his football and, of course, former England fast bowler. It was a brilliant performance. And uh, the second test starts on Friday. We may touch yeah. on that uh, tomorrow. Um, but Steve Smith would like to come over and play a bit of county championship cricket to prepare for the Ashes. No, don't let him. Yeah, don't let him. <laughs> I think
2: that was my immediate reaction. No. Let's hope there's no takers. It's always a mistake. And if he doesn't need that. He knows how to yeah. bat in England. I'm sure yeah. he uh, Martin wrote to the Daily Star. Who's Martin? I don't know. Okay. He wrote to the He said, never mind Chesney Hawks. Hmm. Surely Ant Middleton is the man to give a rousing pre-match speech. He'd probably injure the whole team. Yeah, imagine that. Getting them back. You <laughs> <he> wouldn't want <laughs> there at
1: half-time <laughs> if it wasn't going well. Yeah, sorry about that, Gareth. Maybe I was a bit heavy handed he's going to be out for six months I know I just I was just so angry after that first <laughs> half part. a headlock maybe was pushing it to, he drifted out of
2: consciousness well I, you know I do apologise Gareth I'll leave now Jeremy yeah. Clarkson said that being a referee is the worst job in the world. I don't think it is, myself. You run around constantly in a cauldron of hatred, which is mostly directed at you. What a band they were. <laughs> Tonight's session. And in a year, you'll earn maybe £100,000, which is what the players get every 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, £1,000 a year? They earn 100000 a year. Oh,
2: 100000
1: a year, OK. We a yeah. £1,000 a year. It's
2: probably it? about average, but maybe possibly a bit more. But even so, I mean, the one thing the referees do is they, they love football and if you love football where better to be than right in the middle of it yeah 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 you know so a few of them will be to...
1: heading home as we know from our visit to the uh, the refs hotel in mm. uh, 2014 in Brazil at the nervy times aren't they They see who's going to get the gig I mean some of them will just be they'll know straight away won't they whether they're going to make the cut or not it must be quite if, difficult. If Anthony
2: Taylor's still there.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. If England get to the final, all that would do for him, would not it? He won't be able to. Oh, yeah, uh, that's true. That would be the or Michael Oliver. They're both yeah. still there, aren't they? Have
2: they had the same amount of games? They don't seem to have done a lot of games to me. I think Taylor's done a couple. I think
1: Michael yeah, Oliver's Michael feels probably like only, he's done, only done one. only done one game. I don't quite know why that is. I wonder if our lack of VAR. Um, people has made a difference mm. to the amount of games they could do. But, I mean, that's it not... It hasn't
2: made a difference to the quality of
3: the
1: VAR. No, no, the, vol- the quality of the VAR has not been stunning.
3: Hawksby and Jacobs' daily World Cup podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport.
1: I'm afraid, Andy, one, one of your repertoire, your very small repertoire of impressions is uh, basically just saying, Yeah, Eddie Jones. I know, Eddie Jones. And is you're, gone. you're not going to be able to do that for much longer, I know, are you? It's,
2: it's terrible, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, th- that's really the act. That's 50% of the act. He did gone. well
2: to last as long as he did. I mean, the results have been terrible, haven't they, really? Yeah. So uh, It wasn't a You're going to have to brush
1: up on your, your Steve Borthwick. Um, <laughs> if you weren't able to listen to the Back Home uh, podcast, then you won't know that um, adding to the list of Australian impressions where you basically just say the person's <laughs> name was the Australian football coach, Graham Arnold. Yeah. who um, was, i say, quite gruff, wasn't he? He was so just... Uh, so I, I found myself just wandering mm. around going, Graham Arnold! <laughs> I just, quite aggressively. But <laughs> that's it. That's all I've got. I can't do any more than that. And even that's not particularly good. Jim Shelley said, it
2: sounds remarkably like your uh, Tyson Fury. Well, that's true. I, I, I don't think it does, personally. <laughs> I managed to uh, find a bit of Peter Wharton that was really surprising. It's, uh, he's talking about the uh, challenge by Bojek Szczesny on yeah. Lionel Messi. And he actually said it was ridiculous. Wow. I know. It's not like Peter. Is it? No, no, let's bring Peter Wharton in here. <laughs> what a bit. It, if he was like a genie, that would be
1: marvelous, wouldn't it? <laughs> so where, whenever you said the words, let's bring Peter Wharton in here, he just walked through the door. <laughs> and grant you three wishes <laughs> but not necessarily in that outfit still mm. in the referee's gear never going to happen but anyway the duke of kent but pardon? News of the Duke of Kent. Oh, yes, go on from then. The Royal I, I think I know what's coming, but no, there we well, are.
2: He was he's patron of the tree council, uh, planted a commemorative tree in the gardens, and of course he's hoping for a return to wooden rackets. Yes. That's
1: of he course did, he is. <laughs> then wouldn't that involve cutting trees down <laughs> Oh though? yeah, that's very true.
2: He's a big
3: tennis fan, in case
2: uh, in, in, in case you, you, were, got that in
3: in case you were wondering. <laughs> Hawksby and Jacob's Daily World Cup podcast from Talk Sports. Talk
1: There we are. That was uh, the best of uh, today's show. As we said, we're back in the Talk Sports studio. You'll be able to download the Back Home podcast. And then on Friday, as we said, we will be podcast only just for the one day, returning to the Talk Sports studios for the foreseeable from Monday. Um, Don't forget, we'll have the Clips of the Week podcast for you on Friday as well. But for now, thanks for listening.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.